You look like you're about to scream. Yeah, I know. Just like yell into the microphone. Don't do that. Blow out our eardrums. Yeah. Hello, 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 everybody. And welcome to Gritty Reboot. I'm Pedro. I'm Meredith. And today we are going to be doing our best of 2022. Yeah. 2022 was a fantastic year for cinema. Not so much for everything else, but a great year for movies. And uh, we had a ball uh, watching a lot of these flicks. And uh, just want to first off say two things to start off the show. Spoiler warning for any of the movies that we're going to talk about. You can look at the description. I got a full list in there. Uh, Otherwise, you can uh, just wait and have the suspense build as we get to number one. Yeah. But... Like I said, spoiler warning, and also, you know, we're not professional critics. We don't get paid to go see every movie. So there's a few films out there we just didn't get to see. It's just the way it goes. But, uh, you know, we're giving you the best of what we were able to see in 2022. Yeah. We'll catch the Fablemans one day, but we just weren't able to get around to it, even though you do hate Steven Spielberg. I don't hate Steven Spielberg. You called him a hack at one point, did you not? No, I did. Did you not? Let me point the light at you. Did, did you not call him a hack? I did not call him a hack. What did? Why did you think he sucks then? Because I think recently he sucks. Recently he sucks? Yeah. Like all his movies that have come out recently have sucked. See, I think the problem is you just keep thinking every movie he did is Ready Player One. Yeah, Ready which, Player which One is, really sucked. Which is like his weakest effort by like a mile. It's, I mean, it's just a movie like Michael Bay could deliver. And that's, that's an insult I to I think Spielberg. Michael Bay would have done better. Yeah, he probably would have because Spielberg feels a, a bit lifeless at times with the exception of the Shining parody that's right yeah. in the middle of that movie. The, I, I do enjoy that scene, but that's one sequence in the movie. Like, um, Steven Spielberg was great in my childhood, but the man, he's lost it. But we'll see. I don't know. He's got some... He's got a movie coming out that everybody's all you're, you're crazy. excited about. It, anything but lost. He's made great. Even like stuff like The Paper, which is just middling fair for him, is still amazing. The guy's Bridge of Spies. That movie gets so underrated. That's a kick-ass movie. Uh, Munich. I know that's a little bit older, but I fucking love Munich. All right. So we have our uh, top 22. I mean, our top movies of 2022. Our top I, I, 22 movies. 22 movies of weird, 22. It's gonna, a weird number. It's going to really suck if we live to be old and we're doing like 2098. <laughs> 98 movies in our seven-hour podcast yeah. from an iron lung. I think for the last few years, you know, we, I think we'd gotten to a real bad habit of kind of just ignoring the Oscar movies. And I don't really know why we did that, but I, it's just something that we really did do. We just kind of just stopped taking them in. You know, yeah. We catch one or two, really, and then just kind of move on. We would really go for kind of the theater movies, the entertainment, you know, Marvel, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So, the, and, and one reason I know we've avoided is trying to avoid what would be more depressing fare, the traditional sort of Oscar yeah. kind of cancer. That's kind of the problem is the most Oscar movies have like boring topics. Not necessarily, but yeah, that 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 is one of the big issues is that you don't always want to see a movie about a burn victim overcoming something or yeah. anything like that. And there always is movies like that. There's a kind of movie like that in in, in our list. But all in all, I mean, it was a, a great experience. I don't. There's certain movies on this list I never would have gotten to had it not been for, for this part. And that that's so valuable to think about the cinematic experiences you could just completely miss just because you know you're in a crappy mood and, and you want to get picked up and you might avoid maybe a depressing film that's really just electric that you really like or a character you identify with or something like that. It's amazing what you can miss to the perception of like higher end cinema. I think, I think there are a couple uh, movies on my list that I can definitely say that about where I don't think I would have seen it. There's, but there's three that I would have seen because I just, I love horror and I love certain things. Yeah. It was a very, very good year for horror. And that's always something that yeah. I remember um, my sort of my best years uh, in the nineties, like horror was just awful. Then there just wasn't like really big Hollywood movies that would come out. No. So it's really exciting to see not just, you know, this level of horror that's kind of prestige horror, but like Hollywood has come along and made some really good flicks as well. Cause Hollywood horror has been sort of deplorable unless James Wan was directly involved. And even then, so it's nice to know, like, just some good movies happen to come out of, like, you know, Blumhouse is usually, like, I, I kind of cover my eyes when I have to watch one of their movies. There's usually, not because they're scary, just because they're fucking awful. Well, so it's I think, nice to see, like, something like Smile. I think Jordan Peele really brought a level of understanding of horror to a lot of people. Yeah, like in he, mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, and it pushed that into the mainstream. But also was prestige. Yeah, yeah. Dealt no. with 
with topics that are kind of heady. Yeah, you, you need a guy to do that. You really do. Like as much as I talk about like the power of what Stanley Kubrick did, the idea of like bringing that kind of high art cinema to like mom and pop Midwest theaters in the Midwest. Yeah. Like he only one guy could really do that. And that that was Stanley Kubrick. And he doesn't get credit for that. But I mean, that's a big part. I mean, the classiest film most people have ever seen is probably like a Kubrick movie, you know, but before, let's say anybody like over 35 years old. Yeah. You know, I'd say that's a safe bet because you'd be inundated. But Kubrick's been gone a long time now. I think about it. Oh, my gosh. I heard something funny about Kubrick today. Would you? So, you know, the the baby from Space Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. That man had it in his house for like this whole time. Oh, really? It was just like hanging out in there? Yeah, the, his relatives found it. <laughs> that makes sense. You'd want to hold on to a creepy prop, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's that's very Kubrick. I, I, I don't know why, but that's very on brand for him, I feel. I don't know. That's Yeah, he kept that dang yeah, thing. It, it really uh, works for me. We're going to do five from both of us for today. And I do want to point out a, a few honorable mentions uh, for myself before we, we really start getting in into the list. And uh, those are The Fallout. That's uh, Jenna Ortega, a, uh, a drama about a school shooting. That, it's incredibly well acted and well done. Yeah, talk about a movie that was heavy that I don't know if I would have seen if I didn't just force myself to sit down and watch it. Yeah, and we weren't going to watch this one. We were going to watch something else, but that ended up being like two hours and 40 minutes. And The Fallout yeah. was only around a little over 90 and, and I gotta work, people. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's, it, it's a it's a darker movie about very depressing subject matter that I, I think is incredibly well delivered with a lot of respect, and it's the kind of movie that I really enjoy seeing. To be perfectly honest, it puts in perspective how long those kids at Uvalde had to wait yeah, for help. Exactly, they had to wait forty five minutes. Where there's a scene in Fallout where it's six minutes long. Yeah, and I, I remember like thinking to myself, sweating in my chair watching it. I can yeah, only I was tense being in there for for forty minutes. Very little mention of this. James Cameron's Avatar Two: The Way of Water. If you haven't seen it, I don't know how you haven't. It's made two billion dollars already. It's a great movie. <laughs> that's it. It's a fantastic Hollywood movie. No one does it quite like James Cameron. Go see it in three D. I mean, that's all I have to say. You have to see the movie. I mean, it's um. It's a cinematic masterpiece. If 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 you're into movies, you definitely need to see Avatar 2. Smile. A really well-done horror movie. Came out of Hollywood. This was supposed to be a Paramount Plus original starring the spawn of Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick, who I didn't even know they had a daughter, which um, made me feel incredibly old. But this, because of her, like it elevates this movie from what I think would be a, a pretty good entry in, in, in the genre to a, a very notable entry. She really does give that desperation of being cursed and, you know, the madness that's setting in upon her. her. Her acting really takes that movie a step above. Yeah. I wanted to mention Scream as well. Uh, the Scream franchise came back. We're, we're about to get a, another installment in a few months, actually. I thought this one was the best since the original, and it's a nice way to actually restart the franchise, even though I don't think it's one of the best movies of the year. But I did want to mention it as one of the year's high points. Uh, Bones and all, a uh, fantastic vampire flick. I know you haven't seen that one. I did. No. That's Timothy um, Le, Le Chalamet. I might have just completely butchered his name, but I don't care. It's Chalamet. Chalamet? Yeah. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. He, um, he's great in it. Uh, fantastic acting. Uh, it, it, it's a little slow, and that's why it, it didn't even come close to making my list, but I wanted to point it out. Another fantastic horror movie uh, this year. Why are you going so fast? Because we have a lot to get to today. <laughs> Yeah, I like I, I see like you're over there just like, okay, when, when do I jump in? You got to hop in here. This is an expressway to the best movies of the year. Uh, White Noise, uh, that's a Noah Baumbach uh, comedy with Adam Driver. I, I think it's pretty fun, but it, it, once again, not quite his best work and not really one of the films to talk about at the end of the year. You didn't see that one either, but I know you saw this one, Turning Red. Turning Red. Yeah, I think that's an incredible uh, Pixar film. Is that a Pixar movie or is that? Uh, it's, it's I think it is Pixar. Okay. Uh, really well done. Maybe the horniest movie that they've done, <laughs> but uh, I really did it's enjoy about it. about teenage girls. Yeah, and it's a unique perspective on it. It, it I really enjoyed it. Of, of all the movies that my daughter has forced me to watch over and over again this year, that one I've never really had a problem with. Incredibly well done, well acted, great story. Absolutely. Wakanda Forever. Uh, not as good as the original Black Panther, but this movie has to juggle a lot while being a comic book movie and a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I, I think it it really rides the line pretty well. 
but not one of the strongest movies of the year, but very enjoyable. I recommend it to anybody. It, it might've been in the top five of any other year. Yeah. Um, certainly the best, I think the comic book genre had to offer prey return to form for the predator franchise. Uh, loved it. We talked about it earlier in the year, a great movie. Check it out. A real a big surprise. Also uh, from Hulu as well. Hellraiser. Yeah. Those are two great reboots. We've talked about in the past. We got shows you can go and listen to them, but other movies you should definitely think about and check out. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's Kimmy, another movie that I saw, I really enjoyed kind of a, a, a modern day rear window, a very good movie. Really anytime Soderbergh does something, I, I'm really all about it. Uh, hustle. Yeah. I want to put an Adam Sandler movie on here. Um, every now and then Sandler tries a little bit harder. And this is one of those inst- instances. Don't really hear a lot of people talk about it, a little bit ignored, but you really should check it out. Yes. I did recommend an Adam Sandler movie on this show immediately. Like two people unsubscribed also glass onion. Yeah. Wanted to bring up Glass Onion, Ryan Johnson's sort of not mystery thriller. Really love that one. Fantastic work between all the actors. Knife spinoff from Knives Out. Yeah, that, that's a really good sequel. Another sequel I wanted to point out, this is not really one of the best movies of the year, but I wanted to mention it. it's really one of the best excuses to do a sequel. Orphan 2. This is the movie I expected the worst from, and it, it actually made me uh, chuckle and laugh a few times. I enjoyed it, and it was a good idea for an orphan sequel. Uh, also, uh, fantastic work by Isabel Furman at 24 or 23 yeah. years old to portray herself as a 10-year-old, I suppose. Uh, it works pretty well, uh, in she all honesty. Yeah. Uh, nope, did not make our lists. I don't believe so. Uh, Gunda, great horror movie. Jordan Peele can't be stopped. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, it really is a, a very cool movie. I'm, I'm sure everybody's already seen Nope. It's made a ton of money, but we wanted to uh, mention it one more time. But I, I know for myself, there's one notable mention. Like, this one... When I didn't put it at number five, I like I had to slide it out. I was upset, and that was a movie I really enjoyed, uh, starring Aubrey Plaza. That's Emily the Criminal. Yes, this movie is phenomenal. 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 <laughs> so, if you had some money, what would you do? I just want to be able to experience things. I just want to be free. Hi, I paid 400 and it was never applied to my balance. Sorry, how much uh, interest is being... So Aubrey Plaza just delivers a tour de force performance in this. She's... I I, I don't want to say like criminally underrated as an actress, but I don't think anybody really appreciates her for that. They think of her more for her comedy work. And this is a dramatic film that has so much tension and her performance really is a standout. Like you feel it should get an Academy Award nomination, but you really start looking at that. And it's such a packed category for best. She opened my eyes with Legion. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. So that was the first time I ever saw Aubrey Plaza and was like, yeah, this girl's going to go. Some, she's going to go somewhere. Yeah. J- just really amazing work. And it's, it's once again, we want to take a second to highlight it. I played you a little bit of the trailer so you could hear it. it it's really a fantastic it's a wild film. ride. Check it out. If you're in the U.S., it's on Netflix right now. I, I couldn't recommend it really any higher. But with that, it is time to start our list. And so would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, hear a bit from your flick. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Why don't you come inside and we'll call these idiots. All right, so we have Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, Zach Kreger writing and directing Barbarian. Yeah. This is my number five. This is a movie I am so happy we went into cold. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but that was such a great decision because watching it, I didn't know what was happening, and it led to a real level of fear and the curiosity I had as the movie continued to go, because I just didn't know where things were going to go. And I loved it. It had me intrigued all the way through. And I've even had a chance to watch it a second time. And it's still a fantastic film. It's tense and it's claustrophobic and it's, it's leaves you fumbling in the dark. I, I just love it. It very much does. And it gives you some explanation behind things, but it doesn't give you every answer, which is a, a nice move. You don't really want to do that in a horror movie. Even if they're going to, I don't know if they're going to do more of these or anything like that. I mean, you can, everything could be sequelized in a horror movie, but 
what they give you is just enough to keep you intrigued about what's really happening underneath everything and like how that woman got down there. It, it's really well done. I, I can't, I can't stress how surprised I was by the movie and how much that led to my real enjoyment of it. Yeah. And if you read the synopsis, it's kind of like, a, like nothing. Yeah. When I saw the trailer, the trailer, I mean, even as you heard it there, it sounds like a, a crappy night with Airbnb in reality. Like you watch that trailer and all of these critics quotes start coming in. Amazing movie. Fantastic. Great. And I'm like, well, what about this story makes it interesting? I can't, I can't see it. Yeah. You know, and it was one of those things like, I just, I couldn't see what that was. And I'm glad I never took a second, second to look into it. Once I heard it was good, you know, we missed out on checking it out to go the see theater. Halloween ends instead, uh, which is a real shame, but you know, it gave us a podcast episode. So it's not the end of the world. However, I'm glad, like I said, we had that experience to go in cold. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about also Justin Long, fantastic douchebag in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just really hateable. Just really. I mean, he has such a comedic sequence when all this horror is hit and he goes back in the house and like, he is not even looking around for anything dangerous. He's like measuring like his areas with the, this woman is killing people. It's, it's such a great scene. Yeah. He's such an so oblivious, such an idiot, such an asshole. Well done by Justin Long to still make him likable in some way, yeah. shape or form. I, I think it's really, really great. The problem is that I'd love to elaborate more about it, but I want, I would be giving it away. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I said, we're, we'll give away some spoilers here and there, but Barbarian, that's one you got to go in cold. I have a movie on my list. I'm, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to talk about just a little bit because I want viewers to actually sort of see it and experience it. Yeah. As opposed to like me just telling you while you're on the treadmill, <laughs> you know, how this movie is going to go. You really got to check it out. But you know, like I said, I didn't give much away. You didn't give much away. Very much. Check out Barbarian. Uh, you won't regret it. Uh, now it's time for uh, my number five. Meredith does not know what it is. You should see the look on her face. She can't guess what it is. Don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again. She's so confused. Some sunny day. Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackie. Oh, for fuck's sake. Did you really just put this on your top? Preston Lacey, Wee Man, Dave England, Chris Pontius, Steve O, Johnny Knoxville, and directed by Johnny Tremaine, Jackass Forever. Are you insane? I am not insane. This is the funniest movie of the year. Oh my God. This movie is hilarious, and I will refuse to deal with any slander towards it. Does the movie have a plot? No. Is it actually a movie? Not particularly. Did I laugh like a crazy man for like 95 straight minutes? Pretty much. These movies are incredibly funny. And listen, if you don't think they're movies, that's fine. But I can't discount having this strong a cinematic experience and laughing like that. Almost every entry in the series has done it. And this one was able to hit nostalgia and that, the comedy. I... I, 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 I <laughs> I really love the movie, and this is why I want to take the time to put it right at number five to, to point it out. Like, this is a a very funny film. I, I, I can't think of a time I've laughed harder than maybe earlier Jackass movies. So of all of the movies, the brilliant movies yeah. that we've watched yeah. and that we haven't watched, yeah. you chose a Jackass movie. I did. I put a Jackass movie at number five on my list. You're insane. <laughs> Listen, it is what it is. I'm telling you, they're funny, and I think they're amazing. It's my show, so I get to put whatever I want on my list, and that's the way I look at it. Like, it doesn't get the praise it deserves because everyone considers it low class, but just because something is a low class art form doesn't mean it can't be amazing. And Jackass Forever is more than just some guys hitting each other in the nuts. It's about the comedy and the camaraderie between these guys and how it's grown over the years and changed. You know, it's strange to really look at like a whole franchise like, like this and realize I've seen these guys grow old. Like, you know, these guys were, you know, the pros pulling it off when like I was still a teenager. So seeing them now, like I said, it has this level of nostalgia. And like I said, when I watch a movie like this, I mean, I just laugh and I laugh and I laugh. Hollywood comedy is in such a rough spot that this is not just a high point, but I mean, a, a high watermark in almost any year, but really has to be mentioned for the absolute desert that is a Hollywood comedy. Yeah. So this is the funniest movie of the year, and I'll defend this pick to the day I die. 
I mean, I, I love this movie and I did show it to you because I know you don't like this kind of movie. But like I said, this is my list. No. You know, th- this knocked out things like uh, Emily like the, the Criminal. Um, em- like I said, Emily the Criminal. Like I, you know, things like. Um, Top Gun Maverick. This, yeah, there's a lot of movies that didn't make my list that, that Jackass booted out. And I stand by that. She is staring daggers at me. Like she's legit pissed I that I, I picked I a jackass understand. movie. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. All right. It's your list. Yeah. Yeah. So are you ready to go? You want, you want to? Yeah. I'm ready for my number four. got Alistair Sewell, Emma Jenkins Perot, Matthew Sunderland, Tandy Wright, and of course Mia Goth in T. West Pearl. Pardon? Yeah. So Pearl, this year for T. West has been a real surprise. Yeah. I've been a fan for a long time of his, and he really, you know, he stepped away. I haven't always. Yeah, and he stepped away from the limelight uh, for, for a while, and he came back this year with two movies, X, which is, I didn't put in the honorable mentions because I knew we'd talk about it here. And obviously this movie, Pearl, and Pearl's the best movie of his career. Hands down. It is everything T. West has been working towards his entire career has been basically to this film. It's got his zaniness. In yeah. It. He is really the only director who could give us a movie like this. And he found the perfect actress to kind of deliver his material. Mia Goth is really great. I know she's a co-writer on this as well, uh, which really helps, you know, because it, it the level of madness in this movie and how much of it Mia Goth is really able to convey without going into camp or cheese. Like it, it's a real serious performance and, and what is like a real movie, you know, this is, you know, T West has never with the exception, of maybe cabin fever too, has never really made schlocky horror pictures. That's you not what he's about. You can feel her rage in some scenes. You can absolutely. On her face is just, it's just raw. Yeah. I mean, Mia Goth in the wrong kind of movie to get an Oscar nomination. But she yeah. she really should be in the running here. Absolutely. It's one of the year's best performances. This this movie's just outside of my top five. You know, I, I have some issues with it. I mean, well, actually, this is just movies I, I want to spotlight more. But Mia Goth, there's really maybe one other performance I'd like over her this year. And that's saying a lot. You know, it really is. Because we're, we're going to talk about some other fantastic female performances here. Not so much uh, male performances. But you know, the work she does here. You know, Pearl may not be a star, but Mia Goth absolutely is. Yeah, she was fantastic. Everyone was really good in this movie. Yeah, it, you know, from cinematography and everything like it, that. The cinematography was done really well. Yeah, just T. West is firing on all cylinders right now. We're incredibly excited for what's going to come up with Maxine later in the year. That's the third installment. Um, hopefully it hits another home run. I, I, I could not have predicted in a million years that we would see this level of resurrection to T West career. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, I might not have watched this movie had we not have started this whole thing because I'm not a big T West fan. I, yeah. sometimes I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I roll my eyes at his style, but yeah, you hated the innkeepers. And I really yeah. dig that movie. There's so much in his career. I, I've watched and like you hated his segment in VHS. I I'm, I'm trying to think of what of his that you did like, I think you liked house of the devil, right? That's his first movie about the babysitter. Yeah. And it just, yeah, from, from that movie, I was sort of hooked on the guy and it's nice to see him deliver a movie like this. Cause this movie is so good. Cause you like a younger filmmaker and you want to see like, okay, is this guy, what's he going to do next? Is it going to be something that impresses? And then T West faded away. So I forgot about him and he came roaring back this year with his best work. And you know, he can go up to like that next level or whatever, whatever that is. You know, I don't know, you know what that even means anymore. It'd be weird to see a T West Marvel movie, but I mean, hell, you know, Kevin Feige might try anything. I don't think hey, there, there, there's a little desperation there when they're looking like for a Wes directors. Anderson Marvel movie. Yeah. But I dig that too. That'd be such a fun movie. Oh my God. What a crazy, that would be so wacky weird experiment. That would be. Yeah. Let Wes Anderson do a star Wars movie. <laughs> Let him go nuts. Right. Give him $300 million and hope for the best. Right, I mean, just let, let a wild avant-garde filmmaker go. That's going to be the best thing they Who can do. Who would Owen Wilson play? 
Oh man, I'd love to see Owen Wilson in Jedi robes. <laughs> just like the entire Jedi temple perfectly perfect symmetry and everything like there that. It'd be great. Um all the now, red, now red want, colors. Now I'm sad I want that movie. That's all I'm thinking about. Okay, it's time for uh, my number four before we talk about Wes Anderson Star Wars. <laughs> now behold. He's here. He's here. Mother! Father is here! The king, my lady. The king. Your fate is It's a good number four. Yeah. I, I couldn't get this movie out of my head. That's why it kept coming up the list. I thought this was going to be like an honorable mention movie, but that's not the way this turned out. Uh, Willem Dafoe, Bjork herself, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Alexander Skarsgård, in Robert Eggers' The Northman. Yeah. So this is kind of what I was just talking about, which is why I thought it was a really good segue to go from Wes Anderson talk to here, is one of the most artistic filmmakers around, Robert Eggers, who gave us The Witch, a movie that I'm in love with every frame with. Oh, I love uh, that movie. The Lighthouse, which is madness personified. To give him like $100 million, which I don't think this quite was. I think it was like 80 to 90 or somewhere in that range, but pretty close. To let him do sort of a bigger epic movie is such a fantastic idea. One of the things my heart breaks for is that this movie flopped at the box office for two reasons. One, a Viking movie by an artistic yeah. director is a bit of a tough sell. And Skarsgård, while fantastic, is not like a draw. And Anya Taylor-Joy is a little bit. But this movie came out in that earlier part of the year when the box office wasn't like back. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much excitement there really was for this movie. And I think it was available on streaming as well that very same day, which is a dumb idea and, and really hurts box office returns. This movie should have had the chance to get like $150 million and for a ton of people to see it. It, it really is a very unique way of looking at a story we've seen told a hundred thousand times of revenge. Yeah. And that's one thing that an avant-garde filmmaker can give you, a new it's way of doing avant -garde that. avant-garde kill bill. Yeah, that's a good way to take to look at it, really, from everything the movie gives you, you know, Eggers and his fascination with lore, either, you know, Viking-style lore to, like, uh, New England witches and things like that, you know, how deep he is willing to go into it. Like, you know, he doesn't go as deep as he does, like, in The Witch or anything like that, you know, because Studio Notes kind of said, like, hey, let's let's back it off a little bit. Because I, I know he had some dialogue that was, like, delivered in, like, actual Norse, you know, whatever, the Norse cadence and languages or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, listen, you can't do that. <laughs> You've got to say some things in English. So the studio kind of pulled him back. And I, and I think they meet to a nice middle ground. Like, they didn't, like, kneecap him or anything like that. But they were like, listen, you have to make something that's at least a little commercial. you got to meet us somewhere. And, and I think it's a great mix. It, it really is. I, this reminds me more of things like Braveheart in years past, you know, how those kind of movies would get big Academy runs. That's not going to happen for this movie, but uh, it's still one of the movies I'm, I'm probably going to end up watching maybe the most out of all the films that are on our list or honorable mentions this year, maybe besides Jackass. I know I made you hate me again by bringing Jackass up. Uh, I'm married to you. So. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah, you picked me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to go a different way. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the Northman, uh, really one of my, my highest recommendations on the year. Go go check it out. I mean, hell, even, even my dad enjoyed it who hates any artistic film at all. He thought this film was pretty cool. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. I think anybody it's could got great action. Yeah. I think anybody could, could get into it. I, Stars I, guard is really good. Oh yeah. I and mean, th this is he's huge. So it helps. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a, a massive, massive guy. That's me. How did it feel to win such a life changing sum of money? Oh, Plan to do with 190,000 smackaroos. I don't know. Maybe buy a house, buy some nice for my boy. So, as we were talking about going independent and finding a real independent sort of movie, we have Allison Janney, Mark Marin, Stephen Root, Andrea Rojo, <clears throat> sorry, Andre Rojo, and Andrea Riceborough. Let's see if I get that right again. Yeah. In Michael Morris's Two Leslie. Why'd you pick this one? Help yourself. The sheer performance alone. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it is. Riceboro's fantastic. She is fantastic. She, I'm getting goosebumps like thinking of the movie mm -hmm. because of her performance. She's probably the best performance of the year. Yeah, I, I, this is the one I think is, is better than, than be a goth's work in Pearl. Yeah. It, this performance really is what movies are for, for 
emotion and identifying with somebody. Yes. And I, it's impossible not to identify with her and, and feel like that. Like she knows what addiction is doing to her. Yeah. You know, what it's done to her. She's damn well aware. Which all addicts are. And it, it's not like she can do a goddamn thing to stop exactly. it. Exactly. Like it's got this control over her. It's ruining everything she touches. And when we meet her, she's gotten to the point where she's just stopped fighting it. Or even trying to make an excuse. She's just she's trying just to. She's just at the very bottom. She's just trying to get to the next bottle, basically. Yeah. That's all she really cares about. And, you know, for, for 40 minutes, you, you're on this descent with her. And, you know, when we watched it, it brought the room down. It really did. You know, that's how much we were captivated by her performance here. Yeah. But. And spoilers. <laughs> the, the, the movie doesn't go that way. No. What, what I thought it was. It brings it up. Yeah. What I thought was a leaving Las Vegas kind of story is really just half of that. And it like, what if that character said, fuck it, I'm, I'm turning it. around. And that's what happens. And these moments in like made for TV movies are like the cheese of legend. Like nobody gives a shit in that kind of film. Yeah. But you are with her. You're every rooting step for of the, her. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've cheered for a protagonist more this year that, I mean, or maybe ever because I mean, you're talking about real insurmountable odds. Yeah. The work and the people who've already given up her spit on her for the things that she's done Having to fight against that, you just feel in the trenches with her. And that it's that's the hallmark of a great performance. Allison Janney is downright cruel to her. Yeah. Yeah. But you understand it because you've seen a little bit you've seen a glimpse of her life. Yeah. And you know where she is and where she's been. Uh-huh. And it's just such a good movie. You're 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 waiting for the moment when she relapses. When like cause I at one, I think I even told you, I was like, Man, I said, I, I'm going to lose it when she breaks my heart at the end of the third act. Yeah. And then it, it, it doesn't come. And I, I'm still waiting for it. And then she has, she's reunited with her son. Once again, spoilers all over this, guys. Uh, she's reunited with her son. And the scene is such an emotional apex to this movie. Like, I teared up during it. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's just such a powerful thing. Like, you were waiting for what you thought was going to come, this other shooter drop. And it didn't. She, she powered through. It's a day-by-day journey. But on this day... Everything she'd worked for, it was worth it. You know, yep. She was able to put together what she really wanted. And it's really anchored by the best performance of the year that probably won't get any attention or really love. Unfortunately not. Yeah, because I, I think she got like a Screen Actors Guild a nomination, but I, I don't think she's won any of the awards uh, really at all, which is a shame. It's a real shame. But I mean, it's great performances really all around. What's your number three? What could it be? What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is... All right. Not bad. Ed Harris, Lewis Pullman. That's right, the spawn of Bill Pullman's in this flick. Glenn Powell, who's a real star. Jennifer Connelly, Miles Taylor, Val Kilmer, Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick. It's a good pick. It's a fun movie. This is the finest blockbuster that's ever been made. It really is. This movie is almost perfect. As far as a blockbuster goes, I mean, it's everything you really could ever want. In a somewhat strange package, you know, the movie doesn't have an antagonist. You know, the movie just has a mission. War is the antagonist. <laughs> well, I mean, it has the mission and the mission is built up beautifully. It really is from the way it's introduced, how impossible it is. Like I can fly, but no one else can, you know, the stakes that are in it, you know, from him having to try, you know, to reconnect with, you know, Miles Teller and everything that happened, you know, with, with his father, the movie has really one of the best screenplays to ever come out of Hollywood. And that, that is just sort of, only a little piece of what makes this movie great. Another piece of it is similar to what James Cameron did with Titanic and Avatar, which is like, I have a vision and I'm going to go towards that vision no matter what it costs. And anyone who's not with me won't reap the benefits of, of that kind of success. Cause nobody believed that Cameron was, could pull it off with Titanic and he did. And no one believed that he could do like that level of 
virtual uh, VFX with mm-hmm. Avatar, and he pulled it off effortlessly. Paramount was desperate to add this to Paramount Plus to boost the numbers, and Tom Cruise was like, "Over my dead fucking body, are you going to release the best movie I've ever made to streaming? This movie belongs in a theater where it deserves to be watched." He said that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pr- paraphrasing, but I mean, they wanted that absolutely for the service and he did not let them he blocked them at every turn to wait for when theaters were open and not only was that a great call it it was the second most successful movie of the year behind avatar which is an unstoppable force but i mean you're talking about a sequel to a movie from the mid 80s to a movie that's just all right and and this movie is i mean that movie is like a c and this movie is an a plus all the way this is an american classic just that gamble, you know, because I mean, he not only is this a great movie, but he brought the box office back. He got the first monster hit that there'd ever that there'd been for years. I mean, we hadn't had a giant massive hit, and that's what this was—a runaway, everybody in America's fucking seen it hit, and it was great to have it again. It really was, and for that, it's on my list because I, I didn't know if that was going to be a thing. Yeah, people always like to. I mean, there's an American pastime for going in the dark and watching pictures flicker on the screen. But I didn't know if that would always continue. Maybe streaming would, you know, overtake it and, and lose really, you know, a great experience that I absolutely love seeing a film in the theater. And Tom Cruise, one of those guys that was like, no, I believe in that experience. And he brought this back. And for that, I'm thankful. You know, because yeah, I, I mean, so I. sure, James Cameron probably would have done it, but maybe not. But I mean, he did. And I mean, after that, movies came out. It, it's like normal again. And I, I didn't know if we'd ever get there. And so not only did he do that, but it's the best movie of his career where he's a lead. I mean, I think Magnolia might be a better movie, but we're really splitting hairs. That's a great film. You know, th- th- as far as a blockbuster goes, I really can't think of, of one that's done better than this movie. And I mean, it's right up there with like Die Hard and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, just an amazing Hollywood movie. This is the best movie that that Hollywood produced this year. And Honestly, it almost got a little higher on the list. So I, I, I thought at one point of putting it flat out at number one. Wow. But I, yeah, but I, I just couldn't do that. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great movie. I, I, I can sing the praises of it all day. So, And you're not looking at me like you hate me. So it's not you like know, Jackass. I perhaps didn't feel as high as, as you did on the movie. Yeah. But I agree that it was a really good movie and that I, I could easily watch it again. I could watch it tonight. I could watch it tomorrow night and two nights in a row. It's really, really easily digestible. Yeah, I remember watching Endgame and Captain America is defeated. And then, you know, they have the Avengers assemble scene and like the theater, like, yeah, rip, you know, roaring that crowd all together watching the movie. And during COVID, I just thought, well, I'll never have that again. Yeah. You know, I was like that, that maybe that's just a thing of the past. The theaters are going to go away and that that's just it. And it was so cool to have a whole theater like cheering as like Tom Cruise is bringing the plane in or, you know, he gets saved by the asshole pilot, Glenn Howerton, you know, like just to see that kind of moment is to have that kind of experience again. I mean, that's, that's worth more than anything to be honest. So I, I love this movie and I'll, I'll never forget it. Like it, it really is. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm probably going to watch it hundreds of times Yeah, from this point out. So. Cool. Thank you, Tom Cruise. All right. My number two. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now, you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. Oh, Nilly. Jamie Lee Curtis, James Hong, Jenny Slate, uh, Stephanie Hugh, and Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yes. Really one of the year's best movies. Yes. This movie was also pretty zany, but uh, also really fun ride. Yes. Like, the best roller coaster in the world. The create this this is the second most creative film that I'd, I'd seen this year. Yes, it's very creative. It's it's beautiful to watch a new story unfurling in front of you because mm-hmm. I feel like you know, I mean we've seen it all right. That's, yeah. that's how you feel when you watch a bunch of you've seen every goddamn story there could be. I've seen the hero pull the sword out of the stone, whatever. And this was just a very different kind of of tale, and I, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Like it 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 managed to carry. 
There were so many pokers in the fire and it just had them all juggling effortlessly. And that's what's amazing about it is you never feel lost in a movie that could feel like an absolute slog of explanation, right? Yeah. And like in another filmmaker's hands, like trying to portray the information to the audience could end up just being just tons of like exposition and boring scenes. But this movie is not boring for a frame. And Michelle Yeoh is so good. Yeah. She's gotten a ton of Academy, I mean, a ton of award Love this year, and it's for a damn good reason. Yeah. And it, I mean, it should have come earlier in her career. She's amazing and has always been fantastic. And I'm glad to see her get this kind of role late in her career. And like everybody's talking about her. It's amazing. This is a great film. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I mean, I, even giving away the plot, I mean, you have to see it for yourself, right? It's not even like no, one of those yeah, kinds yeah. of things. Like just, you know, uh, you, you have to see it to understand what it really is. I mean, I could tell you about it, but you just have to see it. I definitely feel like I need to watch it again. Because I feel like I missed some things. There was so much stuff in this movie. So oh, I'll, yeah, this I'll probably is, will. I'll probably watch it again. This is definitely one that I'm going to end up watching more than more oh, than a couple yeah. times. I'll probably end up watching another time, probably by week's end. Because we we just we we were just cramming for the end of this. This is one of the last movies that we got to. Mm-hmm. And if, man, I tell you, it, this is it, the, a movie like this made this whole experience so much fun. To just find some real gem like this. Yeah. It, it, it is an absolute blast. Highly recommended to anybody. You know, go check it out. Go turn off this show right now and go go steal this movie. I don't care. Go watch it. It really is worth all that kind of effort. We're not, we're not <clears throat> supporting any kind of stealing. Get some liquor. Put a rag in there. Shake it up. Light it up. Throw it into whatever store you're going to go into. Run in there, grab whatever Blu-ray of this movie, run out, burn it all down. Anarchy forever. We're not. No. Yeah. That's a, that. You, she, she, Meredith just signed off on it. No. She just, she loves it. No, burn it down. Don't do that. She loves it. People. Get rid of it. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that? No. Okay. All right. Oh, I went too far. I went too far. Sorry. <laughs> Happens sometimes. I get excited. I get excited when we're talking about the best movies of the year. All right. Now here's time for my weird pick. So I talked earlier about the last movie being the second most creative movie of the year. This would be the most creative film of the year, and that's Mad God. And that's uh, directed, written, and produced by Phil Tippett. Now, you might ask, what in the blue fuck is Mad God? Yeah. So uh, Mad God is, like I said, uh, brought to us by Phil Tippett, who is an effects god, but from a bygone era. Uh, He's worked on pretty much everything from Star Wars to Jurassic Park. A long yeah. career, in effect. Yeah, old school. He's been working on this film for close to 30 years, and it finally got to be released this year. And he unleashed upon the world. And, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because I, this is a movie that really should be seen and observed. And I, I don't want to give too much away than other than this movie had imagery that haunted me, gave me nightmares, and stuck with me for, for a while. And that's not something I can say very easily that a, a movie could present me with imagery that could frighten me and ideas that were disturbing. Is it a horror movie? I'd say that's one way to look at it. Or is it like a- it, this is a stop motion animation film. And it, like I said, it, there's a lot of care and work that has gone into the animation. You can, you can see a decades worth of work in this film. And because of that, it, I mean, it is a bit of a horrific tale. You're sort of taking a look at what, the world might be like if God was a hundred percent real and truly insane and evil, you know, as there's this level of torture upon all of our characters and the assassin, this really is a truly out there kind of avant-garde movie. This is, Oh, this is, I want to say it's a little more out there than putting like jackass on the list. Even though some people do recognize the brilliance of this film, this is a, a movie that's being that was certainly ignored by uh, most of major award shows, but this really should be garnering, you know, best animated film, uh, work or, you know, pretty much at every award show, but it's just not, it's not going to get that. I can't recommend this really highly enough. Uh, this is available on shutter and this is another movie. You should try to see at all costs. If you're a little bit squeamish, this may not be the movie for you, but I mean, there's, I mean, this is more than just, and Merritt did not see that one. So that's yeah. why you're not hearing from her at all. And I watched this movie on a whim months ago and I was sort of like, Whoa, holy shit. Like that was probably one of the best, you know, movies that, that, that I'd really seen. 
you know, and, and really, you know, despite this darkness that I always talk about, like, you know, the movie has a great theme of like life persisting no matter what. And, and sometimes there's a hopefulness to that. And sometimes there's a, a dreary melancholy to just like suffering existing. The movie has so much it has to say and so much that you need to see in it. Really, you know, it's another one to just go right now and, and, and pick up Shudder and go check this movie out. It's, you won't recommend it if you're a horror fan, any kind of gore hound. Uh, if, if you just like experimental cinema, you're really going to enjoy this film. Because, I mean, I saw a Cronenberg movie this year that didn't make the list. And this was way more disturbing than anything Cronenberg brought. And I, I didn't even hate Cronenberg's movie. So, hmm. yeah. Probably a movie I wouldn't like. I think you would enjoy it. I feel bad I didn't get a chance to show it to you. I think you definitely appreciate the artistry on display. Hmm. You definitely would. I think most people really would. All right. And with that, we have now brought it down. Yes, I'm to so excited. The number ones. All right. So here we go. Here it's is Meredith's number one. number one film of 2022. If you're here, then you already know who she is. Lydia Tarr is many things. As a conductor, Tarr began her career with the Cleveland Orchestra, Chicago Symphony Orchestra, the Boston Symphony Orchestra, until she had last arrived here at our own New York Philharmonic. In 2013, Berlin elected Tarr as its principal conductor, and she's remained there ever since. Mark Strong, Julian Glover, Nina Haas, and Kate Blanchett in Todd Field's 16-year hiatus is over with Tar. Thank you for joining us. Yes. I loved this movie. Every ounce of this movie I loved. And for a lot of reasons. Um, one of them being I love the technicality yes. of music. Mm-hmm. I love the in between and especially of classical music. Yeah. Um, for instance, when I was younger, me and my mom used to play a game when we'd be on like road trips or we would have to go anywhere for a, per- a period of time on the road, you know, it's Texas. So, yeah. you know, you're going to get like it's nine hours to get hour, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Drive all day, still be in the state. Exactly. So she, she would put on one of her favorite classical music songs and, she would challenge me to pick out the different musical instruments in each song and what different pitches and tones meant and stuff like that. And I I really appreciated that aspect of our relationship, me and my mom. So I've always loved the technical aspect to classical music. And this movie is a love letter to that. It really is. And, and, it, and it moves like a classical piece. Yeah. You know, you feel like Todd Field is your conductor it's, and yes. Kate Blanchett is his instrument, you know, and like that's really how this movie feels. And I think I made a, a joke midway through the movie. I said, this is the most riveting film about boring stuff I think I've ever seen oh my God. because there isn't a real story really no. till like what? like an hour and 20 minutes in the movie, you get it's a glimpse conflict. of her life. Yeah. That's all. You're just kind of a slice of life kind of movie. Yeah. You just kind of dropped in and people are just talking about the music and what it means and making it and, and, and how it works and everything like that. So I, even, you know, like I said, I, I don't have a, the same interest that you do. I still found the film fascinating. This one probably sits at like number seven for me on the year. I, I, I love this film as well. And, and Kate Blanchett is, is a force of nature. Like she she's always so is. Good. And, and maybe I'm discounting her because she's always so amazing. And why I, I've put other performances, you know, like two Leslie's performance above her and everything like that. She chooses her movies. Well, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, she's great. Like she always is. I, I don't think this movie could work with anybody else in this part. No, I mean, I mean, I, don't even, I can't even think of anybody else I could see in it. I mean, even like Meryl Streep, I, I, I could really only imagine yeah. Kate Blanchett playing this role. Kate Blanchett she commands it. has an edge to her in this movie. And I think you have to have that edge. I, I don't think Meryl Streep has that kind of edge to, to it would be needed to play the, the main part. Of Lydia Tarr. I just, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It, definitely watch it if you just absolutely want to see a tour de force performance by one of the best actresses in the world. And uh, if you really like music, if you really appreciate music and, and its idiosyncrasies, then you'll love this movie. Yeah, it, it really is. And this is a movie that's very long, you know, about two and a half hours, maybe a little bit longer than that, maybe two hours and 40 
you know, but it's when it ends, like you, you really could just let it go. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't you want could just it to end. It. Yeah. You could just I keep watching. I never wanted it to end. I, I mean, I didn't feel its length at all. Yeah. And I, I didn't know Todd Field had been away from filmmaking for 16 years. Of course, I didn't realize Little Children was 16 years ago, a movie I really liked. And it's a great return to form. I, I hope he doesn't wait another 16 years before trying to impart another masterpiece upon us. Yeah. Cause that would be very unfortunate, but th- this is a, a great film with a great performance. I, I wasn't as enamored as you were, but I'm not it's like, I'm saying it's garbage. Fantastic movie. I, I, I really agree with you. That's a great flick. I'm in love with this movie. And now for me and my number one. Colin, Sonny, Larry. Didn't you? And he used to be the best of friends. We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? Sit somewhere else. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done. Oh, to you. When you this didn't is do the... Just Carrie Condon, yeah. Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell, written and directed by Martin McDonough. They team up again. The Banshees of Incheren. Why is he 12? Sorry, I have to do a little bit of an Irish accent. Seriously, you just can't help it anytime don't, you listen to it. Don't belittle my people. <laughs> oh, the love of the potato. That's offensive. This movie just knocked my socks off. And I, I didn't really expect it to. I, I was really just kind of doing what I thought was mop-up duty on the best movies of the year. And I was like, okay, so I'll watch this one, but if I have to turn it off to go do something else, I will. And I almost missed a deadline on an editing project because I just watched it all the way through. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And it's not an incredibly long movie. It's only about an hour and 45. But the journey you're taking on, first of all, you know, you're, you're repairing Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson again. And so you, you automatically remember this chemistry. Yeah. From In Bruges, another favorite film of mine that, that Mark McDonough had done as well. And this movie flips it on its ear. This is a story about two people who are best friends, and one of them doesn't wish to be friends with the other one anymore. Brendan Gleeson basically tells Colin Farrell's character to fuck off. And that's what the movie's about, the dissolution of a fr- of friendship and what niceties really mean in the world when the world isn't particularly nice. You know, how the small decisions we make between each other can snowball into a life of, of hatred when, when we were friends, because you, you always watch like superhero movies and things like that. And you see like, Oh, he crossed me. And that's why I decided to become evil. And those moments are always usually pretty cheesy. They never really work, but this movie, the way it sets up uh, an inciting incident that leads to like a lifelong feud or what will be a lifelong feud is really ingenious. And the way it doesn't really portray either character as evil. I mean, the, the movie's way beyond that. There's so many shades of gray to these characters, and both of these actors are are chewing it up. There's, I mean, there's so many things Brendan Gleeson could do with a look, you know, yeah. that other actors can't do with a monologue. You know, well, there's just, a reason why he's been in so many things. Yeah, he's, you know, he, he's such a good actor. He has this drive and this yearn to to move away from his friend and try to do other things. And and he's aware, like, this isn't the nicest thing that he could be doing, clearly. And there's certain times he looks over with that regret, but he holds to it. You know, this steely resolve that he has. And he doesn't have a monologue about it. I can just tell that from the way he looks at Colin Farrell when things happen, when all these things occur. I mean, it really is such, such a strong movie that, I mean, I almost, like, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it again this week. I, this is, this really is the year's best film for me. It just, it spoke right to me. It, 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 you know, it, it's a fantastic limitation on the ideas of friendship and depression and what those things can really do to people. It's, it's a great story about that, even though it's a period piece from the twenties about a, a fictional place in Ireland that I've never been, mm-hmm. but I identified with these characters, you know, immensely. And they're two very different people. And I'm not certain how that's possible. Like it's a movie without a, a protagonist or I guess maybe Carrie Condon, uh, she's Colin Farrell's sister in the movie. Uh, Siobhan, I, I love Irish names as well. It, like uh, Gleason's character's name is uh, Colum, but it's just C-O-L-M. And I'm like, where's the I? Like, it's like Colum, but they say it should be Colm. Yeah. But I, I, I love it. I can't even try and pronounce um, Colin Farrell's character's name. <laughs> it, it's, I love the, the character and the charm that's in this movie. And I, I just love a movie that can make me afraid and make me laugh 
You know, because, I mean, there are some true hearty belly laughs in this very tragic movie. And they and, have some great chemistry. Yeah, McDonough's the only guy who can do that. And sadly, Meredith didn't get a chance to see no. this when this was done in my mop-up duty. And this is, whoosh, you know, I mean, I think it, it might have been number one on your list, too, if you'd had a chance to see it. You know, I, I really do because, you know, I mean, it, this well, I is, love in Brooke. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's that same sort of style and tone, except better. You know, in, in, a, in, a, in a darker story, that, like I said, it's just going to stick with me. It's just, I, I've been thinking about it ever since I saw it. I'm, I, I'm, I could not be happier with my number one pick for this year. And that includes things I've like, and everything on your list is either in my top 10 or like just outside the top 10. You know, there's nothing that you pick, even like Pearl, Pearl's like seven. You know, I, I, I love that movie. Tar would probably be like 10, you know, but this, this is the one that just spoke to me. And this is when I will think of 2022, I will always think of this movie and I will think of them. I will think of Brandon Gleason sans fingers standing on a beach, thanking Colin Farrell for taking care of his dog. A a moment like that, which to you seems strange has such a haunting beauty to me that like it was a perfect way to leave those characters. I I love this movie and I can't recommend it higher. Yeah. As soon as I saw Tar, I knew it was going to be my number one. Yeah, I, I felt that after. from you too, the way you were talking about it. Cause I made that joke about it about kind of dull stuff and like you shot me daggers, like, whoa, hey, calm down, lady. But it, 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 I mean, it, it's really a fantastic, a really fantastic work. You know, I mean, there, there isn't, there's, there's not a movie. I mean, there's only one movie on my list that you hate and that's Jackass. Mm-hmm. And that's good. It's just not for you. But I mean, everything here is really top tier cinema. You know, I mean, I, I want you to go out there and, and, and see these movies. But, but before we, we finish up today, I wanted to ask you about, you know, what about awards, basically. Top 10 lists don't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah. They, they matter to us, but they don't really mean anything because you know, people remember like what wins awards and what wins Oscars. So I guess let, let me ask you, would you feel upset if Kate Blanchett won the Academy Award? No, because no. her performance is just that good. Yeah, she's won a lot, but she's also deserves that. Just because somebody is the best at what they do doesn't mean that they don't deserve their titles. That's true. That's true. It's, it's, right now, LeBron James is fuming. He's like, there's so many MVPs they didn't give me. I'm just saying, like, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, these yeah. are all, like, you know. No, don't just slide Luka <laughs> in there with the greats. He's just some sort of overrated European boy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Overrated European boy. That's what you just said to me? Yeah, yeah. I like how you're personally offended by that slight to Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka Doncic will not be receiving any, any Academy Awards this year. <laughs> and I, I think Kate Blanchett is a shoe-in yeah. to, to win the Academy Award. It, but, it's a shame because, like I said, I, I think Andrea Riseborough from Two she's Leslie. so good. It's probably the, the year's finest performance. Mia Goss not even going to get a nomination. I agree with you. I think that her performance is slightly better than Kate Blanchett's, but only slightly. Yeah. It's like a hair, you yeah. know. Um, both their performances are excellent. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you, with you more. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. You know, when you get to watch more movies, you, you start to have that soft spot for those movies that you always champion that just don't get that awards love. And I think now you can sort of identify and feel that more than probably you ever yeah, have. Yeah, I've never done this before. So, so this is was a great experience. And because yeah, we're talking about this now as, as like Academy Award nominations are, are about to come out. They're right in the morning. They're going to be announced. And, you know, it's like some of the films on our list probably won't even be nominated. And like I said, I, I really don't know because I don't keep up with early awards to like keep track of what's going to come out at that mm-hmm. moment. But all in all, you know, we're excited for it. And uh, next week we have the opposite of the show. We have the worst of 2022. Yep. And so we will be uh, throwing down probably our top 10 conjoined list of, of the worst things that we've had to endure. Uh, for our best of, we, we usually stick to movies. For worst, uh, we, we'll kind of pick and choose some TV shows because uh, there's, there's a TV show I definitely want to highlight. And uh, some of the movies as well that were particularly upsetting to the, the gritty reboot household. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, just go see these movies, guys. Go see these Especially movies. Especially to, to Leslie. It's an independent movie. It's yeah. not going to get a whole lot of love, so go see it. Especially Avatar. There's not a lot of people have seen it. You know, <laughs> not, it's not available in a lot of theaters. You know, you really got to fight to see it. It's you know. still in theaters. Yeah, James Cameron. He, he, it's going to be in theaters for another a, six months. James Cameron needs a fourth submarine. All right, guys, you got to think of James Cameron in these situations. And uh, if you want to let me know that I'm a James Cameron simp, 
<laughs> you can do that by emailing us at grittyrebootcast at gmail.com. Yes. Or searching for Gritty Reboot Podcast at Instagram and TikTok. Yep. And you can find, uh, Meredith, what are your socials? I don't have socials. That's right. Meredith doesn't have any socials. I did pick up a Discord, though. You did. We're, we're about to launch a Discord for I don't our, know what that means, but I have For a few followers. It. And I also have some, something else. No. What else did you have? Did you, what, did you sign up for a Mastodon? Oh, no. I I just uh, I downloaded the the Dropbox app. <laughs> <laughs> that's not social media. That's just that's just so I can send you podcast clips during the day. Um, I don't know where this went wrong, but it all it all it all went wrong. Uh, Gritty Reboot Podcast. You can find me at Illusionist Thirteen at uh, Twitter as well as Grinder. So yeah, with that uh, we're wrapping up twenty 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 two was a great year, and I can't wait to get started on the great movies that are going to come out this year. Yeah. Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. All right. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>